talk to her. Hey, we're going to take our offering right now. So um, let me uh, pray for us, and then we'll uh, pass the baskets in just a moment. So, so Lord Jesus, we are grateful for your uh, goodness to us, how much you've, you've given to us. And help us now, Lord, to give back to you uh, with great joy. And it is our prayer, Lord, that you would use what was given here today to further your ministry here locally, uh, in places like Peachtree City, and even around the world. Uh, Help us to build your kingdom, that people might come to know Christ and follow him. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we're just going to go right into the sermon uh, as the baskets are being passed. Uh, just pass them along. And um, actually, I have, can you put this in for me? I forgot to do it first service, so thank you. Okay, good. All right. But um, hey, uh, it's been a wild week for a lot of us. Uh, I don't know how we're doing this. This is probably not working great, but here we go. Uh, wild week for us. Uh, thank you uh, so much for praying for the baccalaureate service last Sunday. It went really well. Um, I was able to uh, talk about Jesus but not offend anybody, I hope, and also didn't embarrass Matthew too badly, right? So uh, uh, made it into the Claremont Courier this week, a good picture of me and one of Matthew too, so hey, it was good. But then, like uh, Jeff said last week, uh, our baptisms were really amazing. I have a couple pictures of that. There's, um, I think that's uh, Jacob, I think that Grahalis and myself, and there's uh, Bella, and then uh, that's Paul. I know a lot of you thought I was banging his head against the side of the thing. And, and just so you know, it's really soft. It wouldn't have hurt too badly. So um, uh, there's Matthew Grahalis. Uh, yeah, and there's um, yeah, another one. But all the testimonies were just beautiful. It was really wonderful to hear people talking about how Jesus has made a difference. We had 10 scheduled, and then Noah... Uh, Stevenson out of the crowd said, I want to get baptized. And uh, what he said was so beautiful. He said, um, we asked people why they want to get baptized. And he said, I just always want to be able to tell as many people as possible how much I love Jesus. It's like, okay, come on up here. Get, so get baptized. So it was really, really beautiful. Great testimonies of what God is doing in people's lives. And we're really, we're really grateful that we had a chance to be a part of that. So, all right, so we are... Um, in a, getting near the end of a series on the Lord's Prayer. And what I have realized as we've gone through this prayer is that, and just so you know, here's how my thinking was on this. I thought, coming out of Easter, we'll do a series that everybody can kind of connect with. Because kind of everybody knows the Lord's Prayer. You probably learned it as a kid. It'd be kind of easy to do. What I have learned as I've gone through this Lord's Prayer, I don't know if you're feeling this, this is a very hard prayer to pray. It is really difficult if you actually go through this and realize what you are praying for. That we start out praying that God's name would be lifted up, that his name would be honored and he would be hallowed, he would be above everything else. Then we pray that his kingdom would come. Not just going off into heaven or something like that, but that his kingdom would come here now with us. We pray that um, God's will would be done and not my own. That's probably the hardest, most difficult part of this prayer to really pray, saying your will be done, not mine. And then we pray, uh, give us this, our daily bread. And we, when we pray that way, we're praying, Lord, give me what I need, not so much what I want. And realizing that we then are called to be really generous and thankful with what we have. 
and be willing to give away what God has given us. Last week, uh, Ken Zell did a wonderful job on what it means for us to have our sins forgiven and to forgive others and to live in the kingdom of mercy. Live in a kingdom of mercy and that sin breaks relationships with God and one another. And then today we get into this phrase, which seems pretty simple. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, there's two parts of this little phrase that are really difficult that people have had to work through. That, that we're going to look at the easy one first. But deliver us from the evil one. If, in your Bible, it's very possible that it says deliver us from evil. I don't know if when you look in it, some Bible says it says evil one, some place it says evil. What the reason it's different is this. In the Greek, there's what's called an article. And it's a word that is right before a noun. And the article in this phrase from different fragments could either be masculine, which means evil one, or it could be neuter, which ends up meaning just evil in general. So that's why in different Bibles, it is different ways. Now for me, it's not, this is not such a big deal if we pray uh, deliver us from the evil one or evil. For me, evil is just, it's, it's all encompassing. And we really have what I would call the trifecta of evil and sin that we have to deal with. And that is this. We do have to deal with Satan. There is one whose full purpose in life is to try and destroy what God is doing in the world, to try and put as many obstacles in the way of God's people becoming what God wants them to become, that there is an evil one. There is just the world in general, that we live in a fallen world, and all around us is evil. But then there also is our own fallen nature. And we have to deal with the evil that is in us. So when we pray this way, whether it's deliver us from the evil one or evil in general, that is what we are praying against. The evil one, we're praying against the evil in the world, and we also are praying in, uh, with what is in us. So for me, that's the easier part of this that we have to deal with in terms of what they mean. The harder part is the beginning of it. Lead us not into temptation. Seems like a really simple phrase. But do you realize what you're praying when you pray that? You're asking God not to lead you into temptation. Would God ever lead you into temptation? Would God actually do that? In fact, this has become such a big deal. I don't know if you've noticed this, if you follow news. The Catholic Church is changing the Lord's Prayer. The Pope has just announced that in Spain and in Italy, he's given approval to the fact that they can change the Lord's Prayer. So there was a, on May 22nd, there was a general assembly that was gathered, and it says this now. It says, the revised translation will include changes to the Lord's Prayer and Gloria. The Lord's Prayer will change from, and lead us not into temptation, to, do not let us fall into temptation. So the Catholic Church is changing the Lord's Prayer. Now, before we get too down on the Catholic Church, just let's realize that this has been something that has been dealt with for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. John Calvin, who is the founder of one of the fathers of the Reformation, here's what he wrote in one of his commentaries. The sentence ought to be resolved thus, that we may not be led into temptation, deliver us from evil. Not that God is the one leading it, but just don't lead us into temptation. One of my favorite commentators, Dale Bruner, writes this about this section. 
He says the mental picture here is of a place, a variable temptation house. And the petitioner prays, let us not get into the temptation house. Let us not go there. The picture is that the evil one is constantly trying to seduce disciples into this place. Um, So disciples are to pray, don't let it happen. Let us not be led into temptation. Right? Because it's really hard to imagine, would God actually lead somebody into a place of temptation? Now, the reason this is so hard, and part of the problem is that the word that's uh, translated and is as temptation can also be translated as trial. The same Greek word can go both ways. It's either temptation or trial. And God definitely does take us into trials. The first place is in Genesis, or one of the first places is Genesis 22, where it says that God tested or tried Abraham and said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and sacrifice him to me. So the question is, does God actually lead us into temptation? Or is it more of a trial? And the reason this is even more difficult is because the Lord's Prayer comes right after the temptation narrative in in, uh, Matthew 4. So here's what it says in Matthew 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. I love that. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. See what it says there? The Spirit of God led Jesus into the desert to be tempted. God's Spirit took Jesus and said, here's where we go. And he knew he was going to face the tempter there. Now, it doesn't say that God actually did the tempting. In fact, the devil is actually called the tempter. But God allowed this to happen. God allowed his own son to be taken into the desert to be tempted. But then, if we look at James chapter 1, here's what James says. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full full grown, gives birth to death. So you can see the struggle that people have had over time, where you see the Spirit of God actually taking Jesus into the desert to um, be tempted, but you also have James that says, God will not tempt you. God cannot tempt anyone for evil. And so that's why this is such a struggle. What does this verse really mean? What does it really mean to face temptation? How does this work? What does it mean that God allows this to happen in our lives? And why would God allow temptation and trial to happen in our lives? So I want to take a look at kind of what I've called an anatomy of a temptation by using this James passage as as an illustration. And I also actually have a visual here. Um, My family might know what this is all about. So this is a, a plate of hot dogs, raw hot dogs. So the way this works is... um, at our old house, maybe about nine years ago, 10 years ago, we were, I was going to cook hot dogs for our kids, and Nancy and I. So I went out. We had a gas uh, grill outside the, in the backyard. I, I went out, turned on the grill, and got it starting to get hot. I went back inside. Nancy got the hot dogs and put them on a plate. And thinking, I'll help Don out, took the hot dogs out to the barbecue and put them on the little kind of thing that was right next to the barbecue. I come back out a minute or two later, 
and I notice that the plate is empty. And I think, oh, Nancy put the hot dogs in the barbecue. So I open up the barbecue, there's nothing there. I look at the plate, I look at the barbecue, I look at my dog. <laughs> so Abby, some of you know Abby. Abby's a great dog. Abby is a wonderful dog. We love Abby. Abby needs like, psychological help and different <laughs> things like that. But, and Abby flunked um, obedience school, let's just say. So here's what happened. The hot dogs were brought out. The temptation was right there. My dog, with her sinful doggy mind, <laughs> saw the hot dogs there. She jumped up, grabbed all eight of them, ate everyone, and went away. She was hurting for the rest of the night, let's just say. But this is how temptation works. And this is exactly how, in James, it works, right? So it begins with, I'd say, a temptation. There's something. A plate of raw hot dogs is out there. Something comes across which you're starting to think, I want to do that, and I know God wouldn't want me to do that. That's what temptation is. Now, um, we don't have any um, power over the fact of whether you're going to face temptation or not. All of us will face temptation. It will happen today. It will happen tomorrow. It will happen this next week. Wherever you might find yourself, you will be tempted. It's just the way of our world. It's a way of uh, that the world we live in, that there is a Satan that wants to, to discourage us. It will happen as you watch TV. It will happen as you're alone by yourself thinking. It will happen in an interaction with somebody else. You will face temptation today, tomorrow, and this next week. There's nothing we can do to avoid, totally to avoid temptation. Though, I love this phrase. This is uh, from Bob Speakman. Some of you know Bob Speakman. This is one of Bob Speakman's great statements. The alcoholic cowboy shouldn't tie his horse up in front of the saloon. Right? So we, we have choices sometimes of where we go, what we do, what we allow ourselves to see, to think about, who we meet up with, who we don't. So we can keep ourselves in some ways away from situations that are tempting to us. But you never, ever will be able to say, no temptation is going to come my way. It all happens. So the hot dogs are up on the, on the bar, by the barbecue. The next thing that happens is our own evil desire then kicks in. Our own evil desire. We have a natural tendency to not want to do what God wants us to do. And so Abby saw the hot dogs, thought, I want to eat those hot dogs, even though they're for the family to be cooked. Although I'm not sure it went that far in her brain, probably. <laughs> but she jumped up. And so there's something going on inside. And you all know this, right? We all experience this. We know what this is like. When we face some sort of temptation, then all of a sudden the thought that goes on in our brain and the stuff that happens in our heart, that we're drawn to say, yes, I want to give in to that temptation. Won't it feel so good to give in to that temptation? when we understand that God would rather have us be doing this. And so it is this, um, our evil desires and, and the enticement that happens. Now, this is the area where we can work on this part in our life. This is where um, spiritual uh, disciplines, the spiritual work that we do, the reading of Scripture, the prayer, asking God to really change our hearts, this is where this can happen, that you can get to a place where there is less of a chance of you giving into 
temptation than there was before because of what God's doing in your life. You cannot say, I'll never be tempted, but you can work on your heart and your mind and your soul to get to a place where you can say, that is not going to grab me and entice me to give into it. And then when Abby actually jumped up and started eating the hot dogs, that was sin. And we give in to things. We act a certain way. We think, look at something we shouldn't look at. We treat people a certain way. We fall into sin. And like Ken said last week, sin then separates us from God and breaks the relationship, and that's what happens. So this, for me, is kind of the anatomy from James 1 of how this happens. There's a temptation. Our own evil desire pulls us towards that, and we're enticed. We say yes to that and then we actually end up sinning. Now, my guess is that a plate of raw hot dogs is not uh, very appealing to most of you, and this is not a temptation. That none of you are like going, oh, man, I, as soon as dawn's over, I'm jumping up there and eating all of these hot dogs. But there's lots of things that do tempt us, right? I mean, I thought of just kind of a list of things, um, came up with these. Greed, lust, selfishness, pride, unbelief. Uh, you could think in your own life, what are the things that cause you to give into these temptations? They're, they're different things that grab our heart, uh, grab our mind, and cause us to move away from God and, and more in line with how um, Satan would want us to respond. But one of the most important things I think we can do is to realize that these temptations are out there and realize what our weaknesses are to know the different areas in life that, we're, that we are more um, likely to give in to uh, them. So how do you respond to temptation? Again, each of you will, will face temptation today and tomorrow, this week. The first thing you have to do whenever you face temptation is this. You have to name it. Just name it. This is what it is. That's greed. Man, that's lust. Sometimes what I'll do is when I, a certain thoughts pop into my head, I'll actually call Satan out on it. And say, nice try. I'm not going to do that. That's not who I want to be. But just naming it, allowing yourself to see this is what's going on. This is what is trying to have, Satan's trying to do in my life. This is what the world is trying to say to me. But you just name it. This is the reality of what's happening. This is the temptation that I'm facing. And the second thing is to do this. Pray for help. And it could just be this line from, this, sermon, from the, this prayer. Deliver me from evil, Lord. Deliver me from what I'm facing right now. The idea behind dealing with temptation is not that we become stronger in ourselves so much, that we, but we realize our great weakness and our incredible need for Jesus. That it all is about, Lord, help me in this situation. Help me to withstand what I'm facing I can't do this on my own. And so we pray for help. It could be as much as I love Peter's prayer, right? When he's walking on the water and he starts to sink, his prayer to Jesus was, save me. And that could be the prayer when you find yourself in the midst of some temptation that you're dealing with. Lord, just save me from this situation. Help me right now. The third thing then would be to resist it. And oftentimes resisting is just fleeing getting out of the situation, moving away from that relationship or whatever it might be, but just fleeing from it is part of how we resist. And again, we're not, we can't do this just on our own power. We need 
God's help, and we actually need others to come alongside us to help us resist. And then the last thing is, uh, is then celebrate. When you're able to withstand temptation, we're able to say, no, I'm not giving into that, I'm not going that way. What that does is it, it, it increases your faith. It, it causes your faith to grow, and that should be celebrated. You should say, thank you, Lord, for helping me. Thank you for being in the midst of this temptation and helping me overcome it. Thank you so much. Or if you end up giving into the temptation, then you repent quickly and say, Lord, I am so sorry. <laughs> you gave me a way out and I didn't take it. I know you're strong enough to help me and I didn't grab a hold of it. And I want to ask for forgiveness. So name it, pray for help, resist it, and then celebrate what God has done. Here's just a handful of four verses, I guess, that help us um, when it comes to temptation. Mark chapter 14, Jesus says to his disciples, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. My flesh naturally wants to give into the temptations around me. And so Jesus says, and he realizes it, I like that phrase, watch and pray. Be careful, have your eyes open, know what's coming your way. Know the temptations that might happen in this situation or that situation. Some, some men who travel for business often realize in certain situations they can give in to temptation more easily. And so they have to watch for that. They, they actually, when they, hook, when they check into their hotel, they tell the people down there, turn off my TV because I know there's junk on there I don't want to see. But it's watching and then praying, Lord, Protect me from this. James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8 says this, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. As opposed to giving into what the devil wants to do, we resist him and we come nearer to God and grab a hold of him. And, he's, and the truth of the scripture is that God then comes near to us. 1 Peter 5 says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. That we do have an enemy who desires to destroy us, to devour us. Again, the idea of resisting him. And then finally, from 1 Corinthians 10, says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And again, this is not on my own strength I do this, my own willpower I do this. This is I am asking God for his help, and I ask the help of others to help me to endure what's going on. But that God always provides a way out with every temptation that we face. So we face temptations from Satan and from the world and from our own sinful nature. We also face trials that God puts us through. And the reason we face both of these, and the, way, the reason God allows for there to be temptation is that when we overcome the temptations and when we say uh, yes to God in the trials that he maybe takes us through, our faith grows. We become stronger. We become more committed to God. A biblical, one of the commentaries I read said this, in the biblical writings, therefore, temptation or testing has these two nuances. The strong inclination of humankind towards evil, 
when it is known that God wills good and testing situations that may demonstrate one's commitment to God and God's ways and even strengthen one's faith. In each, if people overcome the temptation or pass the test, their faith has been enhanced and their character strengthened. That the reason we go through these is so that our faith would grow and our character would grow. That we'd become more and more committed to who God is. And the reason is that God desires for us to trust him and to do what is good. So you will face temptation today. You'll face temptation tomorrow, the rest of this week, the rest of this month. Please name it. When it first pops up, just name it for what it is. That's greed. That's pride. Whatever it might be. Pray and ask the Lord to help you. Lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from this, Lord. Look for the way out that God provides. Resist the devil. Resist whatever you're being called into, being tempted to. And then celebrate knowing that God is growing your faith as you go through these. So uh, to end today, I just want us to take us through a little bit of time of prayer through the Lord's Prayer. So let's, um, let's pray together. So Lord, we do. We pray uh, that your name would be hallowed, that you would be lifted up and honored. We pray, Lord, for your kingdom to come. And we pray your will would be done. We don't want to rush through that, Lord. So easy. It's so easy for me to want my will to be done but we pray that your will would be done. We pray, Lord, that you would provide what we need. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Thank you that we have more than we need and help us to be generous with what you've given us. We pray, Lord, that you would forgive us for our sins and that you would help us to forgive others. Again, Lord, that's not easy to do so easy to hold on to things, hold on to bitterness and anger. Help us to release those and give those away. And then, Lord, we come to this phrase, that, um, that Lord, you uh, would not lead us into temptation, but that you would deliver us from the evil one. Lord, when we face temptation today, remind us of that verse. Remind us that you are there with us and you desire to stand with us. That you give us a, a way out. Help us to say yes to you and, and no to the temptation. Help us to know ourselves well, Lord. Help us to know the temptations that grab a hold of us. And help us to trust you in the midst of them. We pray, Lord, that we would uh, grow in our trust with you, that our faith would be strengthened, that you, Lord, would continue to do your good work in us, and that you stand with us when we do face the temptations of our day. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.